This week on The Wise Guys. My older brother and my older sister study a specific thing because of this way or a specific thing because of that way. And at the end of the day, it is very toxic because, you know, mm-hmm. students should be able to pursue what they want to pursue because that's the social reason what's going to get them through as many years it is because college is not easy. However, I will say that, you know, this parent bank coming from a place of knowledge necessarily. They're coming from a place of, place of care. Mm-hmm. So I would just say at the end of the day, you should just have to find that middle ground. Find something that you like to do, but also find something that could, you know, lead to you taking care of yourself. Because at the end of the day, that's what your parents necessarily want you to do. However, I will say, don't just pick a career or pick a field or pick a major just to be your parents because that's not sustainable and that's going to make your life harder and then you're going to end up being in a worse position and have years wasted of your life that you can't necessarily afford to waste. Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? This is Kevin Unglad, and you are now tuning in to the Wise Guys Podcast, brought to you by Flowered Concrete. Check it out. Yo, 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 what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? We're back. We're back. We're back. And we're back. All right, this is your boy, Kevin Unglad. And for another episode, Mark is uh, not here today. All right, um, but uh, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one, nonetheless. Welcome, welcome, ladies and gents, to the Wise Guys Podcast. All righty, so we've been having a string of excellent guests as of late. Uh, just excellent all around. Truly, truly pre- appreciative of everyone we've been having and uh, what they've been doing in regards to their careers and uh, you know just their levels of uh, professions and whatnot. But today, ladies and gents in the Wise community, we have another special guest. All right, um, man. Um, where do I start with this guy right here? First and foremost, um, Wise community. This is our first. A first for us as the wise guys, uh, for both Mark and I, where our guest today is someone who happens to not even be out of college yet. He's close, but he's not out of college yet. But we kind of, um, the way I'm, the way I look at it is that this guy, he's a, he's a prodigy in the making. He reminds me of a young LeBron <laughs> in terms of what he does and in, in, in his field, in terms of, uh, you know, just, uh, you can see the writing on the wall in terms of when people really put a lot into their crafts and what they're doing and whatnot. So sometimes you can kind of see, you know, uh, you know, the beauty and the talent and where it can possibly lead to before it gets there. I met this young man, uh, a few months back, almost eight, nine months ago. Uh, at uh, the Teach for America Black Corps Members Summit. Man, this young guy was invited as a speaker uh, to speak at the conference and come to find out he was actually coming in from another conference, if I'm not mistaken. I'm, I'm sure I'll have him clear that up when he gets a chance to get on the mic. Um, or I think he probably was going to another conference the week after. I don't know. But this guy, man, this young guy right here is making a lot, a lot of moves. Right? Um, and just getting to know him, he's an outstanding young gentleman, a fine young man. And he's really, really uh, doing his best to not only uh, you know put the moves in play to you know, create a better opportunity for himself and his family, but also as well for the community around him. Ladies and gents, please welcome onto the Wise Guys podcast today for episode 15, which is called Bet on Yourself, all right? My boy, my young bull, Francie Losing Court. Francie, what's going on, bro? What's going on, Kevin? What's going on, man? How you doing? 
Yes, sir. Thank you for having me, man. I really appreciate it. No, 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 Francie. Francie, seriously, I mean it, man. Everything I said was true. Thank you, my brother, for coming on. We really, really appreciate you. Um, and then again, ladies and gents, Mark wanted to be here today for this episode, but again, he's not here today. So today he's here in spirit um, as well. Um, so, Francie, uh, first and foremost, every time we have our guests on the show, we usually ask them to, you know, tell us a little bit about themselves. So could you please give us a 30-second elevated pitch synopsis about who you are? Are what you do and all that jazz? For sure. So, uh, my name is Francis Bruzenfoot. I am a student at the City College of New York where I study political science, legal studies, and public policy. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. My family is of Haitian descent. And a lot of the work that I've done over the past couple of years is involving education equity, student leadership, uh, fairness in higher education, and just being a voice for youth leaders and empowering them and giving them the tools to be successful in their own endeavors. Excellent, absolutely. And again, for all my Haitians out there, especially in New York, alright? So, to all my Haitians, that's my fellow Haitian brother right there, so you already know the connect is real. <laughs> um, so, Franti, uh, man, there's so much to talk about today. Um, one thing uh, Mark and I like to do on the show, Franti, we like to put people in their elements. So, basically, when you get an invite to the show, it's because we truly, truly admire and respect you for what you do, and we truly appreciate, uh, you know, the talents that you have, and you know what you what you can possibly bring, and what you're already bringing to the community, as you know, as a person, um, you know, as an asset, uh, you know, and everything included in regards to that. So the reason why we're bringing you on this episode today, bet on yourself, you know, even though you know you're still almost there, um, you know, out of college, is because you're someone who I see. Uh, just, you know, just, you know, having had the chance to, like, talk to you, um, you know, uh, meet up with you a couple of times, especially over the summer, and just, you know, even just watch your moves, you know what I'm saying, on social media and seeing how you maneuver and carry yourself, you're someone that I see that completely is taking the onus to bet on themselves. Um, so... The wise community, when we say bet on yourself, we mean take, you know, your own future into your own hands and do the work that's necessary and required in order to, you know, embark upon the path of success. Uh, Francis, I want to kind of open that up with you. Could you talk about that a little bit? Could you talk about, you know, um, sometimes maybe, you know, maybe people don't see the vision or maybe, you know, people aren't aligning, you know, with your thoughts or vibing with, you know, the vision that you've created for yourself? Or, or maybe I'm wrong, right? Maybe that's the opposite. But could you talk about, you know, going on a limb to bet on yourself to ensure your success? Absolutely. I believe betting on yourself is truly about having confidence in yourself, trusting and knowing that the path forward isn't necessarily guaranteed or ultimately paved, but just by trusting in yourself to put one foot in front of the other, uh, that journey and that trust will definitely get you far. You know, of course, it should be expected. Not everyone's going to believe in the vision. Not everyone's going to stand by the dream. But if you believe in it, and you believe you have what it takes to make it a reality, then that's enough, right? Putting your head down, focusing, doing what you got to do, that's enough because when you actually do achieve your dreams, then the others will believe. Then the others will see it for themselves. You know, so betting on yourself is not easy. There's going to be a lot of times where it's challenging. A lot of times where times are going to get low, things are not going to be easy, people are not going to believe in you. But that consistency, that persistence, that self-preservation, that confidence truly will go a long way. And that's what I think betting on yourself is. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, Franzi, if you can kind of walk me down, um, walk me down this this path here. 
so we don't need to get a lot into it too much. But I think, again, so those of you who listen to this podcast, you already know that uh, you know, I'm an educator, I'm, I'm a teacher, uh, you know, I'm a professor as well. But the way I got into education was via the Teach for America program. And when I was uh, in my final year of grad school, you know, I wasn't sure, you know, what the path was going to be for me in terms of, uh, you know, either going, you know, straight into looking into PhD programs or, you know, trying to start, you know, start out on a easier note and try to like get my hand into education, you know, within the K through 12 system and kind of play my chances there. And so I decided to go that route and then I ended up becoming a teacher. But again, so uh, the Black Corps Members Conference that Teach for America sponsors every year is for Black Corps Members that are uh, pretty much covering the entire nation, right? The entire country. And, um, you know, they, they, they reconvene usually every year in Memphis, Tennessee, you know, a very black city, uh, might I say. And th- there they, you know, uh, they have, uh, network events and as well as different workshops where they talk about pedagogy and about, you know, your practice as a teacher. And the reason why I bring this up, this up is again, is because, you know, that's where I met Francie and, to, you know, just to find out that, you know, he wasn't a teacher and he was speaking at this conference, you know, and, you know, he happened to be from my backyard of New York City. Uh, I was just like really, really amazed and kind of, um, not kind of, but, you know, very uh, impressed. I think that's the word I was looking for. Very impressed to see this young brother, you know, moving the way he did and, you know, carrying himself with such grace. So, Francie, could you uh, briefly uh, reiterate and tell the story in regards to how you got... Um, uh, you know, invited to come to the conference and share some words with the folks there, the teachers there? Absolutely. So, for the first three years of my college career, I was a founding member um, and eventually became the chief of staff of an education nonprofit called Integrate NYC. Mm-hmm. And that organization primarily is designed to fight to integrate New York City public schools, mm-hmm. providing all students of the city and equitable education. Um, and we approach that issue through the lens of youth leadership. So as a chief staff at an organization and one of the founding members, because of the work that I did in New York City in, uh, in regards to fighting for education, equity, working with the mayor, the chancellor, and really putting youth voice um, on the front and center stage of New York City education politics, I was fortunate enough to be invited to this conference where I was going to be a, a guest speaker, speaking mm-hmm. on the importance of youth leadership, uh, the importance of black teachers, black people in education, um, my experience and my trajectory of how I got to be where I am today. Um, and that was pretty much how I got the opportunity and my voice was able to be shared with so many other uh, black teachers across the nation. It was an amazing opportunity. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, and I thought, again, like it was, you know, just great for all of us to see you there. It shows that even as teachers, you know, if we continue to put in the work that we do with our students, that there will be many young men and young women coming up who will be in the position that you are in now. And I think that is a very encouraging sign. Uh, if you don't mind me asking, Franzi, what do you major in? Could you please tell the people, you know, what's your major and what do you tend to do with it? Yeah, so I currently major in political science and I have a double minor in legal studies and public policy. And my goal is after graduating uh, is to eventually go to law school and study law. Excellent, excellent. Excellent, for sure, for sure. Um, no, nah, I think that's great, man. Uh, so currently, okay, so you're, you're studying poli-sci. How do, you, how do you implement your degree 
into your practices outside of school. So again, you, you've said you've done a lot of these th these things outside of school, a lot of the community-based work. Uh, do you see a do you see a correlation between what you're doing now and as well as you know how it will affect you in the future post uh, post you know law school and as well as post uh, you know undergrad as of this moment in terms of so basically what I'm trying to say is I know you've done a lot of these great things but how can you basically take it to another level is what I'm saying how do you see yourself doing that the moment you finish up and you graduate in May. Well, I do believe that the classes I've been fortunate enough to take at City College in New York has given me a lot of theory and insight as to how government works, implementing public policy, analysis, working with the law and how it can be used to advance the civil rights of others. So I've definitely had a lot of knowledge from these classes and because of the internships and opportunities that I've had outside of the classroom, I've been able to see a lot of those classroom information being contextualized and I visualized the impact in person. So upon graduation, I will definitely be able to apply what I've learned, provide it with the additional context that I've witnessed being in that field, and use that to set a foundation that will help me improve once I enter my professional career uh, after I graduate. So I'm definitely looking forward to it. I'm definitely grateful for it. what I've learned so far. And it's definitely been an interesting dynamic to learn about something in class and to be directly involved in it outside of the classroom as well at the same time. Excellent, excellent. Now, this is pretty interesting to me, uh, Francie, because... You know, when I when I'm talking to my kids in the classroom, I I never usually hear them talk about, you know, political science and you know law or any of you know any of those majors and whatnot. And I think that's part of this is our fault. Partially, I feel as if there needs to be a due diligence on our part to ensure that students get um, an abundance of knowledge in terms of all fields, all professions, so that way they're well rounded. Um, but part of me also feels as if like. It has to come from the child too, right? Like there needs to be a certain thirst for knowledge or a certain type of uh, passion within within them or curiosity, maybe the better word, to dig in order to find those things. So what do you think, or like, so essentially what I'm trying to ask you is, um, what do you think is the uh, way to go about that? Um, do we bring more a lot of these businesses and these nonprofits into schools so students can see that and kind of, you know, take that head on? Or is it the job of the parents to do so? Did your parents do that with you? How did you get exposed to poli sci? I think it's, uh, it's a combination of both, but I would say more so falls on the school because mm -hmm. growing up I was definitely very fortunate to have parents that, um, made it clear the importance of education, made it clear the importance of doing good in school, reading, writing, learning, arithmetic. However, it was in school that teachers exposed me to the world of poli-sci of law. You know, my seventh grade teacher was the one that told me I should look into being a lawyer. It was, mm -hmm. you know, middle school, I was fortunate to become middle school uh, vice president. So I would definitely say it's an asset to have teachers that really help students visualize what their place in the world is outside of just the class that they're teaching. I think inviting nonprofit and businesses, those are definitely very good very good ideas, have them mm -hmm. in the classroom, interacting with students, but I think it's even more important if the students have someone that look like them, someone that they can relate to um, from those spaces, because then it just hits them a lot harder and has a longer lasting impact. Right. No, I think that's good. My thing is, though, um, I'm going to kind of play 
devil's advocate with you here. Um, so, for example, someone such as myself, you know, uh, well, for both of us, we were very fortunate, you know, in the sense that, you know, we had parents that were very involved in our lives and very influential in that sense. And they, you know, they sat us down, they spoke to us every day, especially, you know, at dinner. You know, if they weren't working, you know, they sat us down, they spoke to us and our siblings and whatnot, you know, and, you know, pretty much put the battery in our backs to, you know, make something of ourselves and whatnot. But how do we, how, how do we uh, implement that within the kids, you know, um, at school who don't get that at home, right? So, because you said, you know, it starts with the school. And I definitely believe that. You know, I definitely believe it to a certain degree that the schools must play a role um, and a part in, you know, influencing students to understand what career fields are out there and which ones are suitable for them and that they can choose and you know eventually when they become adults they can embark upon for careers but also there needs to be a foundation set at home from what I've heard in, in you speaking just now and even me thinking about my childhood and a lot of students especially the African-American kids in our communities don't normally get that and so my question to you is how do we provide that to them if they're not doing or if they're not receiving that at home due to you know their family being um, you know uh, separated from them because of work or their family maybe not having the, the, the amount of access to education they themselves needed in order to pass down that information to them or their or you know just straight put their parents simply having other things going on that they just don't have the time nor do they care if that is a thing what do you think no that's fair I definitely understand that point I will say that it is very important and it did have a great impact on my life you know having such strong parents but I do believe that the way the education system at least the public education system should be designed that it should definitely be a way where it can support and provide students what they need and lack of necessarily having a strong support system at home because as you mentioned, um, and as we're very well aware of, a lot of students, especially in the cities of low socioeconomic status that are black and brown don't necessarily have that foundation, but they only have one parent, so they're not being raised to immediate parents at all. So that's why I believe the school should step in, and if the school steps in and at least puts these opportunities and these perspectives in front of the student, then at that point it's the student's responsibility to step up and take that and absorb it and do something with it. But the student should at least be putting it on the table for the student mm -hmm. so that they can capitalize on it, whether or not they have the foundation from their parents or not. Right, 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 right. That's interesting for sure. And I'm curious in regards to everything that you just said, do you think do you think college right now is something all students should vibe and strive for or do you think that we need to have some students going to trade schools and going to certificate programs because the way I personally feel is that not every student needs to be college bound not saying that I don't want them to be but sometimes you look at students and you can see that they have a certain asset or a certain skill that may be deemed necessary or appropriate outside of the classroom such as plumbing or such as carpenting or things of that nature I'm, I'm curious I wanted to hear your thoughts on that yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. I definitely do think that college is an important institution and it helps a lot of people um, with social mobility and economic mobility, but it's not for everyone. And that trade schools offer a lot of students the opportunity to really hold it on the scale and actually make really good money. So I think that um, the path for people is different. It's different for everybody. Um, and that both options should be for college, trade school, um, and things of that nature. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to 
So, you know, we're still a wise community. We're still in the first segment, which is called Finding Your Path. Um, I, I still want to stay on this segment for a little bit longer because I really wanted to go down this lane here that I think might be a bit uh, controversial uh, for the listeners. Not for us, uh, you and me per se, uh, but for the, for the listeners in, ge- in general. So, <clears throat> as you've in- informed me and you've told me before, uh, you know, up until college, if I'm not mistaken, co- please correct me if I'm wrong, you've gone to private school from K through 12 or no? So I went to Catholic school from K through 8 and then I went to public school in high school. Okay, excellent, excellent, excellent. So on the opposing end, I went to public school all throughout from K through 12. Um, would you consider Catholic school private school or not really? What do you mean by consider? Yeah, so like, so so would you would yeah would you would you title it? Would you give it that framework of a private education or no? No, not really. I think because of I personally see Catholic. I mean, it was pretty much just like a public school that had religion. I guess, in my opinion. Okay. Um, I wouldn't necessarily give it the title of private school, but that's just based on my personal experience. Well, it's interesting. The reason why I'm bringing this up to you is because, uh, you know, I, again, I went to public school. My girlfriend, on the other hand, she she went to private school, and I think she went to Catholic school too. From like, if I'm not mistaken, maybe K through eight. Uh, I would double have to double check with her. Or I think she went early on, then she left and went to uh, public school, uh, or all girls school, would rather be that. And then in high school, yeah, she went to um, she went to private school. And, you know, we've been having conversations uh, for a while now, you know, going back and forth about public or private, which is better. Me, personally, I would love to have my students go to a public school because I want them to get a well-rounded experience in terms of, like, you know, just, you know, not having as much pressure on them, you know, having the ability to kind of, like, you know, you know, just kind of like be themselves and be comfortable and find who they are. While while my girlfriend Danielle, on the other hand, she thinks private school would be beneficial for them because it allows them to navigate, you know, what it what it's like to be black in this country, you know, within the white power structure space. You know, to to be within that system and to be able to you know see the differences in terms of culture and as well as you know ethnic backgrounds and whatnot. So that way, you know, the child can become more well-rounded and is able to uh, adapt, adjust, and, you know, basically maneuver within that space come adulthood. Um, so I don't know. I think I kind of have, you know, opposing views on it. I don't know. I, I, I'm not too sure. Maybe, you know, the more, you know, older I get, maybe my views will change, you know. I don't know. I mean, it's still early. I don't have any kids now. But what do you think? Do you think... That one system is better than uh, than the other. Is Catholic school better than public school? Is private school better than Catholic charters? What do you think? No, I'm gonna say one is better than the other. I think both institutions um, have room for a lot of improvement in terms of opportunities and resources that for students, and making sure that education is, is equitable for all students. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would have no preference. I will say that I had different experiences. Public school was definitely, you know different in terms of funding, opportunities, and access. But they both say they, they face similar challenges, but just those challenges manifested in different ways. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Definitely, definitely, definitely. So for you right now, currently, you know, you're about to wrap up college very, very soon. What do you think, what do you think is 
when you think about your past upperclassmen who probably you know who who have graduated bef uh, before you last year the year before that what do you think are some of the challenges you yourself you might face or what do you think is the challenges that seniors are facing as they're transitioning and they're leaving college you mean some of the challenges that they face that I now face yeah so so basically, yeah, what are some of the things you see that they face that you might see yourself facing or what are some of the things that they face that you're currently wondering about as, you, as you're pretty much transitioning within the same uh, time frame at this moment? Mm. Well, I will say that some issues are unfortunately very consistent in terms of being year after year after year. I know, you know, going to a CUNY school, the conversation CUNY, for those who don't know, is the City University of New York. For those who don't know, like, constantly fighting to increase funding and increase opportunities for the CUNY system. Yeah. It's something that, that's an issue that has passed on for me. Um, that unfortunately, I think the next year we'll have to deal with and the year before me. Mm -hmm. However, I will say that um, some issues that came before me that I no longer have to deal with, I would say a lot of changes have happened in the public school system. You know, people in the early generations have fought to help get public schools to this point, and I see it as our duty as whoever's occupying that space currently to pay it forward and just fight to make it better for the next year. Because the goal is to not have the same issues continue year. Right. So that's how we have to look at it. Right. No, agreed, agreed. And I'm wondering, we talked about this. We talked about this last summer. Um, this idea that you know. Uh, CUNY's right so City University of New York again uh, as Francie just said for those of you that don't know you know it's a very it's a it's, I don't want to say small it's a big uh, public ed well yeah for sure it's more than likely the biggest public education college system it's within this country probably in the world yeah. uh, or in, in the world okay wow okay so there we go there we go so uh, Francie has that on lockdown um, but yeah so that's CUNY right there right and so the reason why I bring that up is because, Franzi, uh, let's say yourself or myself, you know, we go out of state. Let's say we went to, um, I'm going to throw something out here. Let's say we went to Charlotte, we moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, or we continued further down the coast uh, into Atlanta, Georgia, right? Atlanta, the, you know, the, the mecca for black people, whatever, whatnot. And we're going, you know, to go compete, you know, with someone within our respective fields, whether me in higher education or you within poli sci, let's say you wanted to work for a firm or something uh, or something of that nature or whatever, whatnot, um, and kind of, you know, get some experience in prior to going into uh, law school, whatever, whatnot, and they're looking at your degree. Do you think your degree that of it being CUNY, do you think that that plays an effect? So, 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 um, listeners out there, we're saying CUNY, right? We're saying CUNY wise community, but whatever the equivalent to CUNY in your state would be. So, I know for like California, it would be like University of Cal, you know, Berkeley or UCLA, but those are probably seen as more prestigious. But whatever that system is in your state, that's what I want you to imagine right now. So, again, Franzi, going back to you, do you see? yourself as less of an asset and as someone who may not be uh, of a viable value uh, because of your degree when you go into these spaces? What do you think? Absolutely not. And I think anyone who does see a CUNY degree or, you know, a public degree as less than a value doesn't really understand what's valuable and what isn't. Right? Mm. In the 21st century, you want to ideally have employers, employees, sorry, that are tenacious. Mm -hmm. can, deal with that, can deal with that adversity, can persevere, can work with a 
lot of diverse groups, mm-hmm. diverse perspectives, and bring something new to the table. Mm-hmm. And I feel like senior students from public school, because their reach is so wide, and because they get access to education to so many students, they're bound to get students that are been able to deal with diverse groups and diverse cultures on a day-to-day basis, all backgrounds, all perspectives, all coming to the institution because they're using that as a second chance. So mm-hmm. I say that a student with a trinity degree or the equivalent of the state actually makes them even more valuable. Yeah. Because they have black experiences, real world experiences, the tenacious, the tenacity, the grit. That'll make them even more of an asset in the professional world. And that's the way I look at it. No, yeah, I think you're. I think you're on the money with that. I think what makes it hard for us, though, is that you know, having CUNY degrees. Again, there's nothing wrong with it. You know, I I truly admire it. But like, if you're coming fresh into the game with just a cute with just a CUNY degree, I feel as if there's a form of uh, bias or there's a form of uh, I don't want to say discrimination, but you're looked at less than. Um, in comparison to someone who may have more on their resume, so it's okay if you went to a CUNY because I I'm a huge endorser of CUNY or any you know public you know uh, education sy- uh, system within this country, um, public education uh, institution. But what I feel as if you know if I didn't have the re- the resume that I do now, then I feel as if a lot of employers wouldn't take me seriously. Um, but I know there are people who have gone to big time university schools and. They're struggling with jobs. So, you know, it definitely varies and it changes. But I think, like, if we kind of get, I think if we kind of get caught up in the fact that, oh, you know, it doesn't really matter what school I go to, um, as, as long as I know that I'm dope, you know, then I will prevail. But I don't know, I don't agree with that. I think also, too, what shows that you will prevail and can prevail is either the amount of experience you get or that, you know, or even just getting an opportunity to prove yourself will then, you know, open up doors for you in order to accomplish something. What do you think? Do you, do you think, do you think when you get out, um, do you think when you get out and you graduate, you know, your degree is not going to, you know, be the overall package for you like it's not going to be the end all be all like or do you like so what I'm trying to say is so Francie losing court five years down the line are people going to be more um, enthralled with the degree that you have in terms of poli sci and what value that holds or the amount of things you have on your resume and the experience that came with it I think it's more about the things on my resume and what came with it you know what the finer student is really about what they decide to contribute their time to and excel in, you shouldn't necessarily get too focused or caught up in the institution as a degree. Because that's only one part of them. That only has one set of criteria that says what they're good at in going to class, doing well on tests. Whereas what a student decides to spend their free time on, their actual activities, what they decide to engage in, whether it's because of their passion or what they're used to, that is a way better indicator of who they are as a, as a person, as a student, as a leader. And that should definitely be um, what we used to define someone. So I definitely think in the future, like if they say my name, it definitely be more about the work that I've done and what I've contributed to rather than necessarily the type of degrees I got, how many and where it came from. Mm, for sure. So I got a couple of things, a couple of stats here and uh, just some sources I wanted to bring to the conversation if that's okay with you. So InsideHigherEd.com recently posted an article about uh, two or three months ago talking about uh, racial inequality, you know, in college and in the workplace. And here, what they say, Francie, is that, uh, let's see, it says, regardless of education levels, 
there are racial disparities and they continue to exist. Diversity in higher ed has made improvements over the years, but is still not accessible to all, primarily due to cost. The National Center for Education Statistics found that in 2017, 41% of white young adults were enrolled in college compared to 36% of black and Hispanic young adults. Additionally, for Americans over 25, 33% of whites have a bachelor's degree compared to 19% of blacks and 16% of Hispanics. What do you think about that? Oh, man. You might run through the one more time. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, for sure, my brother. So, the National Center for Ed St uh, Statistics found that in 2017, 41% of white young adults were enrolled in college as compared okay. to 36% of black and Hispanic young adults. So they put black and Hispanic young adults in that same category. And then okay. for Americans over 25 at this point in time, 33% of whites have bachelor's degrees as compared to 19% of blacks and 16% of Hispanics. Okay. Just writing that down. So, and the question is, how do I feel about the statistics in relation to like going to college and such? Absolutely. So, how do you feel about the uh, the statistics in regards to going to college and how they pretty much seem to favor uh, white young adults <laughs> as opposed to our people? Yeah, I mean, I will still stand by the fact that college is not for everyone. However, I will say at the fair minimum, more of us should be going to college with our other counterparts of the country, right? Like. If we're not going to college at the same rate of uh, white uh, students, I think that's a disadvantage for us. I think we should be pushing more students to go to college, but not saying that college is the end-all, be-all solution right. for improving the conditions of people of color. I think that, you know, there's a lot of programs out there um, that help young men of color go to college, and I think that if we demonstrate and highlight more young, successful uh, people of color and the benefits they receive from college. They see it in the news and the TV and the media and they believe that college is a viable option for them mm -hmm. and that will absolutely increase. Um, same way it is as a higher number for white students because that's normalized in their communities and their behaviors. There's a lot of people out there that are of color that don't have to see college as an option. They don't really know anyone in their immediate family that's went to college. A lot of, um, especially in low socioeconomic neighborhoods and quote-unquote hoods, a lot of people don't even finish high school or make it out of high school. That's true. You know, so I think if we have more role models and present more people understanding that college is a viable option in those communities, then we can help bring that number up. Mm -hmm. That number being lower is only a service for our communities. Agreed. No, for sure. I totally agree with you. Um, yeah. Wow. No, that, that's a really profound statement there. It's interesting, too, because I'm wondering currently, I'm wondering if a lot of this correlates with uh, this idea, again, of racial inequality in terms of blacks not being able to find jobs within the marketplace in terms of their degrees and their fields. So I'm wondering if the numbers themselves are an exact correlation and an example of uh, African Americans and Latinos being discouraged with not getting the output or the guarantee that they thought they would receive in return of earning the degree. What do you think?
because because the reason the reason why I ask you this, Francie, is because, for example, let's say you have an older brother, older sister, older cousin, and then you know you're excited, you know you're 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 pumped up and you're ready to follow along their paths and go to college and whatnot, and then they come back to you and imagine you know they just sit you down and be like, yo, real talk, yo, college is a scam, bro. Like, yo, real talk, bro. If you're doing this, bro, you better make sure that you know what you're about to do, or if not, yo, like I would say go get a trade or go do this, you know, maybe even think about the forces. Like, imagine what that does for a kid who may look up to their older brother or sister or cousin and then just to have them come back in a few years you know out of frustration and say hey you know like college is really a scam it's not really doing anything for me right now I don't know if it's going to be doing the same for you but as much as I love you I don't want to see you go down the same struggles and the same path that I endured yeah I definitely do believe that especially when it comes to someone as immediate to you as the older brother sister, that's a huge huge of impact I know saying to myself I'm the youngest in my family mm-hmm. right so growing up my dad always told me how important it is to not only go to college but to get a master's or a graduate degree because my older sister got a master's and is doing pretty well for herself, right? So you can right. get college and getting a master's will work well for her. Mm-hmm. My older brother, it worked well for him. So because of that, I've always been raised with intention of going to college with a grad school degree. And I was always in the mindset that college is a great tool and it's a good thing for me, especially because I've seen how it works for others in my family. Yeah. So rightfully so, if my siblings told me it didn't work out for them, that would have a big impact on me, but also, you know, we're all different at the end of the day. So if it didn't work out for them, it may work for me, but I understand that having that type of influence may lead some people to not want to go or be skeptics of it overall. Right, right, absolutely. It's interesting that you bring that up because recently, uh, uh, a little while ago, on the, uh, on the Wise Guys Instagram page, a friend of mine that I went to school with, uh, I went to middle school with this with this guy. I um, uh, hope he doesn't mind me shouting out his name, his old government on the podcast. Shout out to my boy Oren Berry. Oren, what's up, bro? Um, so my boy Oren, he um, he got his uh, bachelor's. Uh, I, f- I forget in what though. He got his bachelor's in something, something cool. Um, and I think it's I think it's in STEM. I think it's I think it's somewhere within science, technology, engineering, and math. And um, you know he. Mark and I we posted something on the on the Instagram page about uh, student loan debt and whatnot, and um, so my my boy Oren responded to our post, and he said something along the on the, along the lines like, "I know people right now, you know, he said college is a scam. I know people right now with master's degrees, and they're and they're working as." You know they're working as cashiers and whatnot. And when he said that, I was like, "Is he exaggerating?" I was like, "You know what? Maybe not. Maybe he's telling the truth." But then he also said, "It's crazy because like our parents migrate, you know, from you know from their countries because like his mom and dad they came from Jamaica and they told him, oh, you know, go to school, get your bachelor's, get your master's.' And then he was like, you know, and you do these things to please your parents because you want to make sure that they're happy and you want to make them proud. And then as a result, on the on the flip side, what you expect for yourself because you wanted to follow the principles that your, your parents set for you and the foundation they set for you, you expect immediate results in return and you expect a job that's not only going to provide benefits, but, you know, a, you know, enable you to, like, you know, pay your bills, you know, build and start a family and all this, this stuff. But just hearing him say it, it sounds as if, like, he was coming from a place of not regret, but, like, frustration. And then I thought about it myself, too, after reading the post, and I was like, wow, that's crazy because, you know, I come from a, you know, 
I come from a um, uh, immigrant background as well. You know, as as you already know, you know, both of our parents are of Haitian descent. You know, my mom and dad they migrated from Haiti in the mid to late seventies, and when my parents had me and my sister, college was all they were thinking about in regards to our future. And I remember all throughout sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, bro, my dad was the only thing he said to me, the only thing he put in my ear, you know, make sure you go to school, do what you have to do, and get your masters. You get your masters, you're gonna live a great life. So I've been hearing that since I was in seventh and eighth grade bro and I'm not saying that it's not uh, something that hasn't been foundational because I did go to school I did get my bachelor's I did get my master's but at the same time bro I'm still struggling I'm still living paycheck to paycheck and I'm still trying to you know do what I got to do but still at the same time you know pay fed loan services for my student loans and you know pay my car insurance my car note this and that and it's just like oh well I didn't think that graduating from college was going to come with all of these expenses and whatnot you know, immediately I thought it would at least take some time before all of these different things would start coming because you would think, okay, when I have kids, you know, and I settle down, that's when all of these extra debts would come. But it's just like, dang, like, you mean telling my student loan payment is damn near three, four hundred dollars a month? That's pretty much like uh, one third of rent. And then I got this and I got that. I don't know, man. But what do you think about that? Like, what do you think? What do you, I mean, I know I just said a lot there, but basically, what do you think about the framework that my friend Oren pretty much put it in when he talked about, you know, wanting to go to school to please his parents because they sacrificed so much for him that he didn't want to, you know, be a bad return on investment and not make them happy in order to fulfill his destiny or to fulfill his purpose? I think that's unfortunately a situation that a lot of students face, especially students that are the child of immigrants and students that, you know, are first generation because students, uh, their parents are so, 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 they've invested a lot. They really want to make sure that, you know, their children are getting the best possible life to them that mm -hmm. answers college. You know, I definitely would agree that from our personal perspective, like, um, there were many times when my parents wanted to make my older brother and my older sister study a specific thing because of this way or a specific thing because of that way. And at the end of the day, it is very toxic because, you know, mm -hmm. students should be able to pursue what they want to pursue because that's unfortunately what's going to get them through as many years it is because college is not easy. However, I will say that, you know, those parents aren't coming from a place of knowledge necessarily. They're coming from a place of, place of care. Mm -hmm. So I would just say at the end of the day, you should just have to find that middle ground. Find something that you like to do, but also find something that could, you know, lead to you taking care of yourself. At the end of the day, that's what your parents actually want you to do. Right. However, I will say don't just pick a career or pick a field or pick a major just to be your parents because that's not sustainable and that's going to make your life harder and then you're going to end up being in a worse position and have years wasted of your life that you can't necessarily afford to waste in the first place. Right. Right, right, right. Absolutely, absolutely. Man, this is good. This is really, really, really good. Um, so now I want to transition to our second segment uh, of the episode, which is called Envision the Future. Uh, so again, Wise Community, the second segment is called Envision the Future. So I'm currently on Forbes right now, uh, Franzi, and I wanted to read this to you about uh, internships. Um, and so this excerpt here says... Uh, your participation in an internship or co-op program is nonetheless very relevant to your future and there are three distinct parties who are interested in it so follow me here right 
the first yeah. the first party that is interested, right, um, is the person or organization that employs you for that internship. Most talent driven, high quality organizations use an internship program as a strategic talent pipeline, a way of identifying and vetting prospective candidates for entry level professional positions. If they've seen what if they've seen what you can do for a couple of months a couple of months or more, they can be reasonably confident of what they'll see from you in the course of a more per, uh, permanent commitment. Alright, so that's the first one. The second interested party is any other employer to whom you might apply following your internship. The fact that you have completed an internship sends a prospective future employer several important signals. One, it is evidence of a seriousness of purpose on your part in planning and pursuing your career uh, objective. Two, it indicates at least one other organization was prepared to employ you, so you must have at least some good things going for you. Three, in the event you get an offer to return to the internship employer the following year, uh, if you interned after junior year and were extended an offer of full-time employment following graduation, the fact pattern, that fact pattern indicates strong on-the-job performance on your part. Four, if the prospective employer is in the same field as your internship employer, then your experience demonstrates a focus on and commitment to that same field. One of the most important considerations for any employer considering an entry-level candidate, does the candidate really want to do this kind of work? And there's a third uh, interested party, but I think I'm going to leave that there because I, I could imagine that's information overload for you. But pretty much, did you get the yeah. gist of that? Um, so basically, yeah. what do you think? What, what is the value today in, 20, in 2019, 2020? What is the value of internships for college students today? Are they still valuable? Are they necessary at this point? Internships are super, super, super valuable. Time and time again, I'm seeing situations where college students will graduate and will not have any employment for a while. I'm not necessarily saying that internships will make that never happen, but it's definitely a solution that reduces that. Um, severely, several of my friends have already received um, employment and they haven't even graduated yet because of an issue that they did the previous summer. You know, I was fortunate enough to intern at a couple places over the past summer. And if I wanted to, excuse me, if I wanted to, I would definitely be able to um, work, at that, work at those places upon post-graduation. But right. it will definitely make you super, super, super marketable. And on top of that, they give you, for a short period of time, a real-world professional um, experience. You know, it allows you to work and see what it's like working in the future. A lot of times, it's about you and identifiers to understand what you really are interested in, what you really want to study, and what it looks like in practice. Um, and what doesn't work for you. So I definitely I use and I tell them as possible to get in tune as early as possible. Personally, I've had my first internship when I was in high school at 16 years old, and that helped me ever since. So now I'm going to play devil's advocate um, with you here right now, Franzi, if you don't mind. So many people would actually say um, that internships are pretty much uh, glorified um, <laughs> I'm trying to be very careful with my words here I don't want to get in trouble but uh, internships are pretty much uh, glorified volunteer programs in which you intern you provide a service for the employer but you get and you get you get nothing out of it in return and I mean the most you probably get to do is put it on your resume and just move on and over the past couple of years uh, I think even when I was in college and when I was an intern uh, around 20 
13, 14, so like over the past five, six years, there's been an, an, an uproar, a major uproar about internship programs. Uh, I, although there are some that do it, but they, they would like that there would be an increase and an influx of more internship programs paying their interns in order for them to work for a wage and not go uh, into the internship and not make anything. What do you think about that? Do you think it's wrong for employers to have interns work essentially for free? I definitely do believe that internships should pay, absolutely. Um, when I was bringing up the importance of internships earlier, the ones I had in mind were the ones specifically paid. I think unpaid internships, um, I understand the concept, especially if you're like a government organization or not for profit, but what it does is that it siphons off the opportunity from people who may really, really excel at it, and it only allows students that necessarily have the financial piece to participate an opportunity to drive towards and take advantage of it. So I definitely do believe that internships should definitely be paid because um, you're doing work and it's also part of learning your responsibility of handling a budget, having a salary, having a wage, or salary. All that's part of the experience. So I definitely do believe it's paid. Uh, I know that about that. For sure, for sure. What's your thoughts on networking? So, like, I remember even when I was in college at Brooklyn College and uh, Queens College. Shout out to those institutions. Uh, when I would, when I was at attending those schools, I definitely did my best to tap into my network, rely on my network, and you know, just meet new people while I was uh, attending those institutions. And you know, because of that, I got a chance to meet you know, you know, extravagant people who were really doing great things or really had you know potential. Um, and now, at this point in time, they're fulfilling their potential and very sectors so what do you feel about that in regards to um, you know networking and you know how important that is because <laughs> definitely being from New York City and, and I know you can attribute to this and I'm pretty sure all of the major uh, metropolitan cities and hubs are like this right like we all know New York City is the city of dreams it's the Big Apple um, it never sleeps right it's the city that never sleeps so people are always moving left and right right at a very very fast pace and as a result of that what can happen more times than not is that people usually miss opportunities to connect with uh, people and kind of like build relationships build rapports and you know, maybe start a business or start a nonprofit or, you know, jump aboard, you know, a new business idea or anything, you know, anything in that regards because they're working, they have kids, you know, um, they're, you know, they, 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 they work part time or, you know, they, or they just want to go home and chill, whatever, whatnot. Um, do you think people who go to college to earn a degree and literally do not network on campus, um, are they essentially wasting their time? Do you see something lost or lacked as a result of that? I wouldn't say wasting their time, but they're not really taking full advantage of the opportunity, and they're not really capitalizing mm. on what's right in front of them. You know, one of the best things about college is you're exposed to so many people that are at a similar stage in your life, and a lot of the relationships that people have in college are really, really beneficial relationships. A lot of them are lifelong, and a lot of them are the beginning of businesses, nonprofits, campaign people, not networking. And it doesn't necessarily have to be this cheesy formal thing where you say, hi, how are you? Let's build, let's connect. It can literally just be conversations that develop into conversations about work, passion, and over time, a relationship grows, and that's a person that you can call on to discuss work and feel for you. So that's why I definitely think it's important to network, and it really, really does play, uh, play a huge difference. A lot of times, students getting jobs, opportunities nowadays in this, in this era, it's mostly more about who you know, not what you know. A lot of people are capitalizing on that. And if you don't, unfortunately, you're going to be uh, left behind. No, it's true. It's very, 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 very true. 
Um, yeah, man, this is a uh, really, really, really interesting. Um, so this podcast right here, Franti, is geared, you know, towards self improvement and helping, uh, you know, the people. So we see ourselves, Mark and I, we see ourselves uh, impacting an audience that's between the ages of eighteen to thirty-four. So um, obviously, Mark and I, being a bit older, uh, in the mid to late twenties, uh, we see ourselves uh, impacting uh, those people, and as well as uh, some of the guests we bring on are a bit older and older than thirty. So uh, we have them come on to impact pretty much, you know, the whole entire spectrum of our audience, but as well as the uh, thirty to thirty-four and up. Um, but you are, you know, you're a very bright, you know, sound young man, and uh, I, correct me if I'm wrong. Are, 21, 22? Uh, 21. 21, right. And so there's a big, 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 big uh, audience there from 18 to 22 that's going to listen to this podcast. And they're, and, and even now, currently, uh, they're, you know, they're following us on social media. They're asking good questions and they're trying to get insight in regards to, you know, how to maneuver throughout college and, you know, you know graduate from the system and then prosper from it moving forward so what are if you could share I'm gonna put you on the spot right now if you could share um, a three to five bullet point action plan um, and when I say three to five bullet point I just mean like few words like you could you go one to five and say networking relationships um, you know studying whatever whatnot if you could think of a three to five bullet point action plan for students uh, right now beginning college their freshman year to get through it and then get to their senior year where they're going to graduate and find a job, what would that three to five bullet point be? So basically what I'm asking is the bullet point from when they first got into college and then the last bullet point, which is pretty much essentially uh, leading to them finding a job successfully. What would that five bullet point be or three to five? I mean, I would probably say the first bullet point is learn. Learn as much as possible. You're in a new place, new surroundings. So make sure you're learning as much as you can with different people in different places. Second bullet point would be be courageous. Don't be afraid to try new things, try new opportunities. You may have came to college with a specific plan, but life works in mysterious ways, and you may be exposed to new things, opportunities that you thought you had are going to not be there, and opportunities that you never thought were able for you to access are going to be prevented to you. So definitely be courageous and capitalize. And the last thing I would say, and the fourth, third thing I would say is planning. Definitely plan to cut as much as you can. Like I mentioned in the second point, not all plans are going to be fulfilled to a T. But if you have some sort of game plan, it will help you have some type of consistency trajectory. And make sure that there's never really a point where you have no idea what you're doing. And if you don't, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but you always want to have something to kind of look back on. And my fourth and final point would be um, definitely make sure to take opportunities to network with those around you and leverage those connections and opportunities because those are something that can be um, cashed in on, even patch wrestlers. Man, yo, you crushed that, bro. <laughs> excellent. I put you on the spot, and you, you shot four before. That was excellent. <laughs> okay, appreciate it. Nah, for sure, bro. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, man. So I'm going to put you on the spot one last time before we transition towards our final segment of the show today. Um, so, Franci, in regards to you personally, in, in, in your personal, professional, academic life, um, what, what do you think for you, uh, at this point in time, over the next following four or five months, what are your three, four bullet points for yourself that you see yourself undergoing in order to transition and to make that next big step to um, the job of your dreams and what you're searching for? I would just say solidify relationships, uh, iron out any loose details that I still have left, and make sure that I'm 
ending on the best note that I can and thanking everyone that allowed me to speak to this far. Absolutely, absolutely. And I just want the wise community know, to, to know out there, and I'm sure uh, Francie can relate and Francie can agree. College is not easy. Um, higher education is not easy. Working through this system, especially as uh, a minority and a person of, of color within the system is not easy. Um, you know, things are set up in a way that uh, disempowers us that has us disengaged more times than not and that has also oppressed us and we can make as much excuses as we'd like to right now as to why we're not where we want to be um, but at the end of the day I think it still it takes a certain amount of strength and a certain amount of confidence and a certain amount of, uh, of, of um, how can I say resilience to and you know to kind of like build, pass through all of the hurt, all of the pain and you know, all of the things that's stopping you from what you want to do and, 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 and just try to push through. So again, college is not going to be for everyone, but I think that people out there need to go ahead and, you know, see if college is not for you, then, you know, find another way to make it, whether that be a trade school, whether that be the military or whatever it is that you feel uh, is well suited to your needs and, and to your skill set. Um, so that's something I think is very, very important. But just to sit around and do nothing? At this point in time, like just drop out of high school and just not do nothing, I think that's not that's that's not the way. That's not acceptable. You can't do that. You definitely got to make something of yourself. What do you think? No, I agree. I agree. Like even if you're in college, let's say you're in college for one semester, even if you're in college for one semester, if you approach it the right way, network, be smart, be strategic, you could really even still leave with something more than what you wanted. You know, so I definitely agree wholeheartedly. For sure, for sure, for sure. Oh man, Franzi, this was a really, really great episode, man. So happy to have you. Uh, but before we go, I, I don't want to dismiss you off just yet. Um, I want to uh, end off with our third and final segment of the day, which is called Word to the Wise. All right, Word to the Wise. Uh, Franzi, I already explained this to you off, off air. You know how it goes. Um, since you are our guest, I'm going to let you go last, and I'm going to give my Word to the Wise first uh, today. Uh, let's see. So my word to the wise, uh, today for today's podcast, um, man, I don't know if Franzi was going to use this word, but I'm, I'm going to use it myself. Um, strategy, be, strate okay. be strategic, uh, wise community, be strategic in everything it is that you do. As Franzi said, you know, uh, and I, and I, I'm a, I'm, I'm a big advocate and, uh, someone who truly believes this, be strategic in terms of using the time that you have uh, whether it's in high school whether it's in trade school whether it's in the military or whether it's in college very wisely talk to people don't just stay to yourself you could stay to yourself at home on a break <laughs> during um, a holiday you know playing your, your playstation or whatever whatnot but when you're in college when you're in one of these type of institutions second, post-secondary education institutions that is not the time for that that is the time for you to network that is the time to uh, build value for yourself for your own brand as a, as a student, as a potential and future prospective uh, employee, that is a time that you get yourself together in order to make an impact in the world. So strategy, make sure that you maneuver and you link up with the right people. Make sure you link up with the right people who may have strengths and weaknesses uh, that you know um, you're very weak in. So let's say you're not too good with your writing. 
maybe you know uh, maybe you find uh, strength in you know partnering and collabing with people who are great writers who might major in English and communications uh, so whatever your strengths are it is important to align yourself with people who of great strengths as well but also align with people who may be better um, at certain things than you are and also another thing in, t in regards to strategy relationships don't only build relationships with your peers and your colleagues and your classmates be sure ladies and gents to build relationships with your professors I can't even tell you how many times I've heard of stories where uh, people have built relationships organic relationships with the professors which led to multiple out um, opportunities outside of school so uh, strategy 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 that is the one true word that I'd like to leave you with uh, Francie what's your word to the wise for today I would say my word for the wise today would be focus um, a lot of times over the last couple of weeks, I've been hearing myself using phrase and stay focused a lot. Mm. And one thing that I've been hearing, uh, I watched this DJ Khaled video, and he said in this video, he said, when times are hard, go hard, and when times are tough, uh, when times are easy, go hard as well. You know, so mm. staying focused, keeping the pressure up, working hard, not forgetting your goal, I think it's really, really important. There's so many distractions, so many ways to get thrown off the trail, so many opportunities for you to get off the path, not execute your vision, people not believing in you, things getting tough, challenges, obstacles you have not foreseen. If you stay focused and you remind yourself to stay focused, you can really get a lot done and really work to actualize your dreams and make visions of reality for sure. I agree a hundred percent for sure, for sure. Franzi man Yo, thank you. Thank you for doing the uh, the podcast today. I understand you're in between, you know, studying for finals and doing everything you got to do. But, yo, man, uh, you know, on the behalf of Mark and I, we really appreciate you for coming on the show. Seriously, thank you. Thank you for having us, man. I really appreciate it. I wish you guys the best. No, absolutely, for sure. Uh, Francie, before uh, I let you go, could you please uh, share with the Wise community out there where they could find you online or where they could link and connect and absolutely. ask you questions and whatnot? Add me on Instagram at underscore F R A N T Z Y underscore. I'll say it one more time. My Instagram is at underscore F R A N T Z Y underscore. And definitely feel free to reach out, message me, so you found me on the Wise Eye podcast. And I'm open to connect and learn and build with as many people as possible. So thank you again. No, for sure. Absolutely. Ladies and gents, you heard the man. I will also make sure that when this episode is posted, that Franzi's uh, Instagram handle is tagged. So that way you guys can get at him directly, just in case uh, a lot of you out there or a few of you out there are hard of hearing, okay? Um, but yeah, please be sure to, you know, uh, you know, add him. And also, please, uh, you know, tag him. DM Franzi. You know, message him. Let him, you know, let him know personally how you felt about his, uh, his contributions, um, you know, to the show today. And especially, 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 I'm going to put these young folks to the test. Anyone between the ages of 18 to 23. I'll say it one more time. Anyone between, between the ages of 18 to 23. Matter of fact, I take that back. Anyone between the ages of 16, 17 to 23, you know, that's in the modes of thinking about college or is already in college. You are the people, you are the wise guys, the wise gals that should be contacting Franzi because, again, I would not have this young man on the show if he wasn't about something. This young man is destined for greatness and, you know, as with God as my witness, I already know that everything God has planned for him, he will fulfill it out because, man, I'm telling you, just by seeing how this guy spoke 
to a jam-packed room full, filled with first and second year teachers that were around or range within the age range of 22 to 28, 29, I think that's phenomenal. And even then, uh, Franzi, am I wrong? All those people showed you love, whether it was at the airport or whether it was at the conference itself, for coming out and doing what you did. So. Uh, for sure, for sure. So please, any questions about college and how to maneuver and how to uh, be strategic and stay focused, please be sure to hit up Franci. And also, please be sure to hit us up as well, all right? Uh, you know, my guy Prudent Thoughts, a.k.a. Marky Mark, <laughs> who's not here today, please be sure to hit up Mark as well. You know, he, uh, his Instagram handle is at Prudent underscore Thoughts, all right? And then mine... Um, as well, please, uh, Kevin Unglad, 1 1. Again, Kevin Unglad, 1 1. All right. And yeah, just, you know, leave us your thoughts, your comments. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Any new listeners out there? All right. Um, we're on Apple. All right. Uh, YouTube, Stitcher Radio, Spotify. Man, you name it, SoundCloud, you name it, we got it, all right? And uh, the, 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 the Instagram is WiseGuysNYC. Again, the Instagram is WiseGuysNYC. The Twitter as well is WiseGuysNYC. And the Facebook, all right, the Facebook is at TheWiseGuysNYC. I'll say it again, at TheWiseGuysNYC. And on any of those streaming platforms, please be sure to leave us a review. This is the way how we build the podcast and how people get exposed to it, okay? Uh, so, yeah, so that's pretty much it. Hopefully, Mark will be back next week for next week's. Uh, as much as he's hustling, you know, I'm, I'm not too sure, but I'm, I'm, I'm certain hopefully we'll have him back, all right? So I'll let you know, uh, Wise Community, uh, sometime next week, what next, uh, next week's episode will be, and then we'll take it from there. So, as I said at the beginning of the podcast, this is your boy, Kevin Unglad, and we are joined by our very, very special guest. And you have been tuning into the Wise Guys podcast. We'll see you all next week, and as Mark always says, stay wise.